This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Sharon Rolfe believes that what she does can change the world. What's better than heaven on earth? She is a behavioral scientist and a retirement coach. A great, unique, and perfect combination to deliver this message to you. Sharon believes there is a deep contentment, peace, and satisfaction in knowing the reason you're here. Knowing you have a place to fit in. If you have focused commitment, a generous heart, and vibrant dreams you want to bring to life, she will guide and partner with you in uncovering your special DNA to understand and know fully your uniqueness so you thrive. Does this sound good to you? Is this what you are looking for? Sharon wants to touch the desire you have to contribute and to matter. Like the feeling of petting your cat or dog and feeling connected, right? This is your most important day and place in life. She will help you find clarity, so you have excitement and personal growth, too. Let's recover the excitement and curiosity of a three-year-old. Feel the joy of exploring. Let's renew our appreciation for the mystery of life. Valeria Tullis interviews Sharon Rolfe, the author of Fresh Courage in Retirement, Finding Purpose, Essence, and Fulfillment. When Sharon retired from Boeing in 2016, she put her skills as a behavioral scientist to work as a retirement and essence coach. That's also when she was bouncing off the walls, trying to figure out if each day was productive. She formed her essence statement, and that rescued and helped her live every day from her inner spark. Sharon has created 53 retirement podcasts, started a boomers meetup group, and presented what do I want to do in retirement workshops at senior centers. She's focused now on empowering everyone to gloriously succeed and win a satisfaction and triumph in retirement. Without a title, team, or task, boomers need to find a new place to fit in, to matter, and to make a difference. Meet Sharon at effortlessvitality.now.site. Here is the interview with Sharon Rolfe. In your own words, who is Sharon Rolfe? Sharon Rolfe is an interesting lady in that I, I am outside all 
unique is what I am. (laughs) I don't fit any box because I don't think any of us fit a particular box, but I'm a behavioral scientist. I am the middle of five in growing up in my family. And now in retirement, I am a behavioral scientist retirement coach, and I love teaching people how to live from their inner spark. I love that. I love your message. And I love the way you said that too, that we are all unique, so we don't fit in boxes. None of us do. (laughs) I agree. How did you discover that, your own uniqueness? Well, you know, it kind of, um, I've had a, a curiosity about potential from even as a teenager. I I grew up on a farm and I remember kind of turning over in my mind, like it was potential seemed like a mystery. Who am I going to be? How will I turn out? You know, but as I grew older, I also was curious about other people's potential. It seemed like a mystery. And, um, Actually, I had a big aha since I retired. You know, I had done the career thing, normal, getting ahead and improving myself and all this. But when I uh, I attended a mental strength webinar online um, shortly after I retired, and they said, well, when you need more backbone and more confidence, bring to mind a warm memory. And when I did that, well, I'd always used the little story of third grade Christmas program. And um, afterwards, a couple weeks later, I thought, why just have one warm memory? And I made a list of, I don't know, eight or 10 things. And I was shocked when half of the things were in front of people. And I thought, yeah, I had warm memories of different things I did in Toastmasters and uh, Dale Carnegie classes. And that's when I said, maybe I've been in the wrong (laughs) career. (laughs) And I started acting as if maybe I was supposed to be an influencer. And now here we are today. <laughs> so what comes to mind is when you talk about potentiality and potential, is is that something that we know from the beginning since we are very young, something that we acknowledge and then we forget, or it's something that we explore throughout life? Well, Valeria, I think it has a whole lot to do with our choices. So I would lean more towards uh, we discovering it as we go through life and um, the impact of our choices have on us as we grow. Um, to a certain amount, there's, there's talents that we are born with, you know, a, a, a ability to, say, remember names or remember numbers or playing a guitar such as that. So there's certain things that are talents, but do we have the chance and the opportunity to grow them or improve them or mentors that help us help us along that journey of um, becoming all we can be? Hmm? Yeah, when you speak of choice, then I think about how all of us are so unique and also in a way we grow up, the things we learn and how we learn them, the influences we have, and that's besides biology. We can't really know why we have chosen what we have. Like in my case, I have no idea why I made so many bad choices and so many good ones. 
I don't have the answer. I would not know for sure. Well, a certain amount of that, our choices are probably uh, initially kind of dependent on how we were taught at home, the kinds of mindsets our parents kind of instilled in us. Were they positive ones or were they negative ones? You know, yes. you can't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Lots of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or you know, tr- t- teach us that the world is our apple and go for it, lady. <laughs> so you wrote the book, Fresh Courage in Retirement, Finding Purpose, Essence, and Fulfillment. So the first word I wanted to explore is courage. What is your own definition of courage and what is to have fresh courage? Well, it was interesting. I love Hallmark movies and fresh courage came from one of the lines in a Hallmark movie. They said, often when you go home from vacation, you go home with fresh courage. (laughs) You know, maybe you had this little voice that was talking to you while you watched the ocean, you know, or while you were climbing a mountain or whatever. But um, yeah, it seems like we've got a a stronger backbone when we return to work. We've got some new ideas, but courage. And actually, since I wrote the book, I've, I'm coming to be aware of how much spirituality is in that word. It kind of connotes hope. It takes a backbone to, to uh, explore and be curious. I love also the word possibilities and curiosity. And um, all three of those words are very positive words. And if you don't have hope, that's a certain amount of faith or a kind of faith, then, you know, you can't be looking at the ground all day and expect to be hopeful. You know, I, I always remember a, a little test. They said, well, can you reach for the sky mm-hmm. and say, I'm angry mm-hmm. <laughs> or eat, eat it awful? You know? Or you're looking at the ground and say, oh, what a lovely day it is. No, it does not fit. <laughs> so in a way, we need to align all the components of the elements that makes humans humans, right? The body, mind and spirit. Yes, very much so. Uh huh. And I know when my brother, he, I, I guess he tended to be kind of a negative person, but he went through a leadership training that, that really woke him up to possibility. And when he, at his funeral, um, there were a number of people that said, co- commented on how much Bob liked the word wow. Because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> if you're uh-huh. depressed, you probably aren't saying wow. <laughs> <laughs> Too often, no. <laughs> I don't think so. So it is the alignment and being aware enough, right, Sharon, to know the options we have, how much flexible the mind is. So we can recognize even the idea of possibilities because like I have been depressed in the past many years ago and I remember not being able to see anything positive. Mm -hmm. It was so Mm -hmm. negative, everything. Mm -hmm. And getting out of that was a challenge. It was a really, a real challenge. But we all do. At some point, I did without medication or anything. And then I don't know how I did it. And then uh, what I'm doing now is actually influenced by those insights I gained by getting out of depression. Well, and did that involve, Valerie, being outdoors or being around Mm. animals? 
Yeah. Because that really makes a difference. I love now since I've been retired, um, I make it a daily practice to walk every day. And then I'm watching for the squirrels and the crows Mm -hmm. and the dogs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So true. So I cannot even say that I don't know what happened, how I got out of that. But first was an insight. And then, yeah, that opened up. Then being in nature and then living this life with purpose, finding something that I always loved to do. So it has a lot to do with um, almost creating the conditions, right, Sharon, for courage. There's a certain amount of um, you know, curiosity kind of begs for new information. You know, think about a three-year-old mm. and how curious they are to open the the kitchen cupboard doors, you know, or get inside, you know, past a door. They want to reach for that door handle and, not, you know, do they let anything stop them? Not a lot. <laughs> you know, so if we adopt the mindset of a three-year-old, we will get a whole lot farther because we're curious and, um, hey, we do decide what stops us. And if if we think about a three-year-old and how persistent they are, then um, that would be a good start. If we can have access to that idea, right, in the midst of darkness, of depression, of uh, acute anxiety and all that. And this is something that we know it's um, happening um, right now in our reality. A lot of fear, like so many minds mired in fear. Yes. Yes. I moved um, clear across the United States and um, for a job. And I remember in that condo when I was getting settled in, I, you know, you don't know very many people. And they said, well, my friends before I left said, well, give yourself at least six months. And uh, during that transition, I remember stomping my foot four or five times maybe and saying, I refuse to live my life based on fear. And I am still saying that. (laughs) I don't stomp my foot, so to speak, but I am in control of my health and my well-being and my thoughts. And most people don't realize they can choose their thoughts. And uh, one of the ways that I have been sharing with people how I, if I didn't want to think a certain thought, well, you need to replace it with something else that you do want to think about. You know, I've even a couple times in having a dream and I don't want to go there. And sure enough, the dream stopped. But um, I, I have used the sign of, I imagine holding my, uh, a stop sign in front of my nose, you know, like four inches away and stop going there as a way to change my mindset. That also resonates very much true. I kind of phrase it differently in a sense of becoming aware of the thoughts. I mean, we are always aware of thoughts, maybe not all of them, but giving attention to some of them, not all of them, or the negative ones, listening less to them. Because that um, has something to do with, I guess, the perspective I have, which is a spiritual one, that we don't have a choice, that everything is life doing what it does, kind of uh, creating this almost a sense of an imbalance and then finding itself, finding the way to balance. It's like this beautiful dance. Yes. I 
Okay, so let's take, for instance, when you're going to sleep and a a really good practice to do, and I don't do it that often, but I have a a second option there, but is to reflect on your day and say what, remind yourself what worked well today, because that would give you a good frame of mind to go to sleep in. But what I do do every single night is um, start praying for people. I have a list of about 20 people that I pray every night when I go to sleep and every morning when before I get out of bed. And yeah, I might fall asleep in the middle of that list. <laughs> but it's a good way to go to sleep. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, it sounds to me very much. With that in mind, since I mentioned spirituality, you know, what are my perspectives, I guess, uh, the shifts that happened to me came to give me those insights. But for you, what is spirituality to you? What is to be spiritual? And what are some of the other spiritual practices you engage in? Well, I um, I was raised with kind of a dogmatic family. Um, there was a certain way to, you know, <laughs> we were taught not to dance and not to smoke, not to drink. <laughs> And uh, we we were controlled by how much what kinds of music we listened to, and so, so rock and roll was not a part of my growing up. But um, I, especially since I've become a coach, I read this book that helps you think about life in a little different way. It's called The Joy Diet. And it's by Martha Beck, and she she's also a coach, but she very first thing on her menu was nothing. She wants you to start out by doing 15 minutes of nothing. Now, that's kind of tough to do because there's so many things going through your mind. And she says, well, just observe your your thoughts and kind of shoo them out the door, you know, and um, don't be, you know, you should do this, should should do that. In fact, um, that was the other point I was going to make. What a difference when we start telling ourselves we're doing the best we can. So um, so when I started getting quiet, and she wants you to do this for like a week to start out, and I realized there was a still, small voice inside of me that would talk to me if I listened so when I did nothing, and a, a way to kind of focus your attention is just on your breathing, that there's little wisdom starts, you know, waking up. And I think that's what sometimes happens when we are, in fact, watching the, the ocean or the campfire or climbing that mountain when we're not particularly thinking about anything, but we start... Um, maybe our dreams start coming to life and start talking to our spirit. And um, it's uh, now I don't live my life out of fear. I live my life out of intention. Before I get out of bed, I, I try to think about what would I like to intend to happen today and uh, the things I want to accomplish. And now that's still small voice kind of could be called intuition or Holy Spirit, that that's what guides my activities during the day. 
and it's what feels right for me. Um, the other thing I do with my clients that felt feels right is is understanding how I was made. What what was the what's the term EOM? No, original manufacturers equipment <laughs> that what came, came when you were born and I help people understand what's basically God-given and when we align you use that word a couple times already aligned our life with what we were um, originally born with there's a, a joy and a satisfaction and a, a fulfillment that happens when that alignment happens with how we are on the inside, who we know ourselves to be. Mm. And self-discovery is a powerful thing. Yes, I absolutely agree. And I love this idea of following, listening to that voice, which I call the voice of the heart. Oh, intuition too, but the heart. I love that. It doesn't speak very loud, but it's if we stop and we pause, then it's so much easier. Like you said, it's a beautiful practice, though, to stop and listen, to pause and not engage in doing, 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 because we do sometimes feel like the, that's the only way to live, right, Shara? It's by doing things, but there are other ways. Well, and the, the test comes when do you respond to what that little voice says? It will stop talking if you don't respond to it. So listening is half of it, but being obedient or or acting, you know, moving forward with that information, that's where that really test well, that's where courage comes in. <laughs> ah, yeah. So listening and then having the courage to take action based on that information, right? So true. Uh, I love your message. I love the way you express the message too. <laughs> is purpose and passion the same thing to you or they are somehow different? I would. I think they're a little bit different. Purpose is, is what gives meaning to life. Now, in my book, Fresh Courage in Retirement, I, at the end of every chapter, give uh, several ideas for taking baby steps towards finding your purpose. And, um, you know, I always thought when I was going through um, my career in, in college that anytime I learned more about myself, the smarter I was. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and the purpose uh, often is kind of one of those mystery type things where you might need to try a few things to get more data, more information about, does that feel like a fit? You know, is that like a too large a jacket or too small a jacket? <laughs> but um, I sometimes use the term uh, to find a, a place to fit in, to matter and to make a difference. And it seems like purpose kind of answers all of those there, the place, like um, I have done some podcasts myself, and one of my guests talked all about uh, what do you learn from volunteering? And he was involved in about four volunteer things um, 
I think on a weekly basis or maybe a monthly basis, but one helped him learn new things. One uh, volunteering was amazed at how, how many new people he, he met or helped. He loved helping people. The... Hmm, I kind of lost my train of thought with that, but oh, a place to fit in. So, so one of the jobs was at hospice, and you know, people that he was serving in hospice were, of course, very needy. But it meant so much to him to make a difference in someone's life. Um, the meaning, so the meaning to, for him personally was that he was impacting people. And uh, to make a difference would be probably more, in that case, attuned to the family members. Did did his care or attention to the the person that was in dire health, they might have passed on because that's what happened in hospice. But maybe he touched somebody in the family that uh, was so... grateful and gave them more peace or more uh, assurance that it will all work out. So that's kind of an example of a place to fit in to matter and to make a difference because in volunteering, you there needs to be something that satisfies you as well as the people that um, you're working with. When you speak of the essence I love that word, though, but I would like to understand more what it means in the context of what you do and how you do it. Well, the the essence, we take um, a look at the same thing, the, the steps I guide you through in my book towards finding purpose is very similar steps we use in um, describing our essence. So uh, values is another element of purpose and essence. So I've come to use uh, some different terms in regard, because people don't know what essence is. It's kind of this vague, you know, cloudy kind of thing. And we were taught to use a metaphor to, to help get the whole sense of who we are in, on the inside. So, how Sharon is on the inside, nobody can see that. And often maybe I can't even see it. So the process is waking you up to what's already there and hasn't been taken, you know, looked at. It's a self-discovery. So here's what my essence statement says. I am precious jewel of wisdom. So this is my metaphor. I precious jewel. I use jewelry to describe my contribution to the world, to my work team, to my project that I was working on. But I also love these other words. I'm colorful collaborator, learner, and motivator. I am tranquil, authentic, and pure inspirer. I light fires. So maybe you can pick up a little bit on how I've been sharing in this podcast audience and see how this essence already is reflecting in what I'm sharing with you today, right? Mm, Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. I love that, Sharon, (laughs) the way to describe that. What about the idea of fulfillment? How would you describe what that feels like to be fulfilled? I have sometimes been amazed in the Bible how it talks about so that your joy may be full or that um, 
uh, have life and life more abundantly, that full feeling. Um, if you've ever followed Brene Brown at all, she, she sometimes just talks about wholehearted living. And to me, that's just heaven at its best. I've, I used the term in my book a few times, um, you know, what would it be like to, to, that if heaven was to come to earth? Well, it would be pure beauty, pure um, uh, fragrance, um, pure, uh, well, and beauty says so much in itself, but, um, you know, between the animals and the, the sky and the ocean and the crystal of um, things being so pure, yeah, pure. So um, the fulfillment to me is being life at its best. How could it get any better than, you know, you're feeling that value of life inside and outside. Yes, a billion times to that description, right? The way I think about it is being life itself, not having a life even, being life I love that, that message, Sharon. Do you want to say something you're about to uh, make a comment? No, but, well, okay, there's a saying. Um, let's see if I can pull it up. Well, I don't think I have it handy here, but um, Thomas Wolfe has, if one has a talent and finds uh, how to, uh, fails to use it, one has failed. If one has a talent and finds to use a part of it, one has partially failed. But if one has a talent and finds somehow to use the whole of it, one has gloriously succeeded and one has satisfaction few people ever know. That's empowering. Very, very. Encourages us to explore more of what that feels like for us, right? Yeah. Content might, might be another word for that. Contentment with life. You wrote the book, Fresh Courage in Retirement, Finding Purpose, Essence, and Fulfillment. How did you become a writer? And what was the main intention of writing your book? Well, the main intention, let's start there. I have, since I've been so um, intrigued with potential, all this free time that comes with retirement is untapped potential. And I want to motivate or inspire boomers to find a new purpose in retirement. One, they'll live longer. Two, they'll be healthier. And three, they'll have more joy and happiness in their life. They say that 30% of the people in retirement struggle to find purpose, a new purpose in retirement. And that is just, that's a problem needing to be solved. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. Absolutely great. Redefining, right, what retirement is or is supposed to mean. I agree. And if you don't mind me asking, how old are you, Cheryl? Oh, I brag about that. You do? <laughs> good. <laughs> you. Oh, good. I'm four. And nobody believes me, so I break about it. <laughs> ah, wow, you're so vibrant. And that can be felt. That's interesting. Looking at you and the way you speak and how you speak, it's just beautiful. Yeah, thank you for being I, open to life. I think that's directly attributed to my refusal to live my life based on fear. Yes, and being defined by 
aging, right? The number that's given yeah, to the body. And, <laughs> and um, you know, I think I've been blessed by the you know, looking younger, but it also has a lot to do with that courage that we've been talking about. Are you willing to be the captain of your own ship and um, move forward without whether people still have you in this box Mm -hmm. or not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So what is your message for those, especially women who are going through the challenge of being defined and identified with the body's biological process of getting older and also society's expectations? Well, you know, over the years, I've often thought about if the best I could do today is sit in a chair all day long, my value is no more or no less than anybody else's. God still loves me the same. I don't have to perform for God to love me. Now, we often think we have to get breakfast. We have to get dinner. We have to clean the clothes. We have to clean the floor. You know, whatever. But there's been a difference even this year for me when I decided that I wanted to, needed to love myself more. I think it started with deciding to honor myself, you know, that who I was made to be and loving that girl, you know, inside um, in the best way possible. I was on a webinar just this morning that said um, happiness is the key to success. Whoever, you know, that's not often said that way, but um, so, so I've been trying to both love myself more and honor myself more. And um, I think I'm a richer person in my personality and what I present to people than, than I was a year or two ago. You actually started with the God loves me. So God loves me and I love me. Would that be the same thing somehow for those who don't really adopt a religious or spiritual belief or practice? Would that work? <laughs> well, it, it kind of releases any chains that bind us in saying we can't whatever. Finish the sentence. You know, uh, I my my limitations are start in my head and how I feel about me. And I think I'm extra challenged by people that are in wheelchairs or that have health that isn't premium. You know, whatever the limitation is, there's lots of people who have figured out a way to operate even with your limitations. So could you make it a game? Could you become curious about what could you do instead of what can't you do? What comes to me is the question that comes to mind is, is that something that you've learned to... um, Practice. It is a practice, right, Sherry? It seems to me. So is that a practice for you or it's something that you're born with and that's the place you operate from since you were very little? I would say it's probably a little bit of both. Um, my brothers and sisters uh, weren't entirely embracing curiosity. I think one sister does more than another. But the 
the thing I was probably born with that helps me a lot being, you know, unique is that I loved learning. So I'm still learning, you know, even in retirement. And learning, a lifelong learner will get you many miles down the road. You know, I intend to live past 100. <laughs> so, so I'm not putting in any limitations on my days. And I hope you aren't either because um, being curious about life and about people and what can you learn is um, opens lots of doors. So you are a retirement essence coach. I love the essence coach. I mean, both, but essence, that word too, as I said before. So what is it like to work with you and how is it done online, offline, individual groups, corporations? Well, I haven't worked with corporations and yet I w- my last job was at Boeing and I, I told them I'd like to help them um, people help people transition into retirement with a a, a course, uh, something I come in and teach for an hour or two. And in fact, um, they didn't have me do that, but I did start in my own community at the senior centers and I uh, developed a little course called What Do I Want to Do in Retirement? And it's again, kind of looking at all the options. And of course, every year, it seems like the, the options grow and grow and grow. And in fact, I give you in my book a number of um, my, my guests that were on my podcast. Um, one of my favorite stories was about a gal here locally that decided she needed to expand her heart. And she decided to do 12 community service projects around the world. That led her to feeding baby lions. It how she found herself on the back of an elephant, riding an elephant. One of her favorite stories was feeding, um, watching baboons in a sanctuary, I guess, and even included um, singing the Beatles song "Imagine" in front of a class of Chinese students that were learning English. So the, see, I'm trying to remember where I was going with that. Oh, the, the variety of things that are possible. So um, I give a wide variety of stories of where maybe your imagination could take off from. If they could do that, well, maybe I could do this a little bit different way. And, and it would give me more satisfaction and contentment. Thank you so much, Sharon, for being this beautiful inspiration for all of us motivator, this beautiful, energetic resonance, really. That's what you are. Looking at you, listening to you. (laughs) That's beautiful. I actually (laughs) become an international speaker. So any of you that are, you know, I figure boomers aren't all going to be online listening to Valeria. (laughs) So so, uh, let's create some events out there where boomers will come to, uh, you know, it might have to be on a golf course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, or um, in the camping uh, setting. But yeah, I, I intend to... Uh, inspire a lot of boomers to get re-engaged in life and and have that longevity and that meaning and that fulfillment um, radiating out their life too. I have so many quotes here from your book, uh, not enough time to go through all of them. But I love your idea of heaven on earth and the way you speak about that. You say, being happy, loving life and finding joy, in my opinion, is nearly 
heaven on earth. Using your natural talent, gifts, and strengths are also often keys to your joy. Oh, I love that idea. And you also quoted Rhonda Byrne, the author of oh, The yeah. Secret. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I love that quote too, where you say, the more effortless you are, the greater you manifest everything that you ever dreamt of. It, that's quite the opposite of what mo- most people think, right, Sharon? The doing, doing well, thing. Yeah. And she, her, the story she told is, twice when um two three years ago when there were so many uh, fires in california she had to evacuate her home and she walked away from her house and left everything there and i think that speaks to me of her trusting the higher power to take care of things and when i'm trusting that still small voice inside that is also trusting that it takes care of me. So thank you again. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. So before I ask those questions, would you like to add anything else or read a passage in your book, Sharon? Well, I didn't prepare anything for my book, but you've you've shared a a key there for me. Well, and oh, the read for them my, my dedication page about the the little saying about time is too short for those who... Oh, do you have it? Uh, I don't have the book oh, here. Yeah, I do have yeah, the notes. Okay. I, yeah, I've got it right here. So, um, time is too slow for those who wait, too swift for those who fear, too long for those who grieve, too short for those who rejoice. But for those who love... Time is Eternity. That's by Henry Van Dyke. And I became aware of that when it was read at Princess Di's funeral. And it says so much. So true. And that goes back to that idea of living from the heart, right? Trusting yes. and yes. acting from that space of courage. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself and life as of today? Probably... Uh, I okay, so I've never married, never had children, never been in love, I guess, and I can attribute quite a bit of that perhaps to there being sexual abuse in my home and coming through the recovery of having been used and abused in that way is was pretty traumatic. I mean, I remember three, four times of being like going to church and feeling like anybody said, boo, I, I would wind up on the floor as a broken eggshell type, uh, you know, um, what do you call it? Um, vulnerability. And um, that's no longer part of my life at all. But I am in a season now where I definitely do want to be loved and I want to be spoiled and cherished. Mm. So that's kind of a new chapter of where I'm going from here. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds wonderful to me. Um, Wow, that would be a beautiful place to be, curious place to be, right? Uh, Fall in love (laughs) and uh, be loved by another person. Yes, Ah, that's beautiful. So let's see, what is another word for life? Well, the best word would, you've mentioned a couple times, is heart. When we're living from our heart, life is 
good. Um, but it takes a whole lot of courage to live from your heart. So, And how do you define success these days, Sharon? You know, I don't know that success is, is especially during this pandemic, um, it seems like a community is and, and um, being together has had a whole lot stronger meeting in our lives than, than the focus on success. But I think I, I've kind of compared myself a, t a few times to people who, demand more out of life or less out of life? How contented are they with living on the street, perhaps, or just getting by? So much of the world is is satisfied with just getting by. And there's a there's a passionate side of me that wants to change the world. And a certain amount of that, I don't fully understand where it's coming from, but it's definitely worth the effort and energy and focus, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, true. And my last question is, what are three things you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body, before they die? Well, my greatest happiness would be everybody living from their destiny. And destiny isn't exactly a word that is used very much, but um, what we've been talking about essence and fulfillment. Destiny, to me, I guess, has a connotation of that. What were we called? What was the calling for our being here, the, the purpose for our being here? And having, having lived fully, what we were intended to seems like it would be that final note of well done, you know, good and faithful, you know, handmaiden or, or male contribution that we were meant to be here for, that, that we haven't disappointed life or God or whatever, that we've lived our full gusto and, and um, contribution. We were driven in a good way. So I want everybody to have a purpose and a destiny and a, and a contentment about life, the, the peace that comes with that contribution. Thank you so much again, Sharon, for your presence, your warmth, your beauty, and everything else in between. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me, Valeria. Before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Okay, my book is on Amazon, and the my website that I like to send people to is Effortless Vitality dot now n o w dot site s i t e and effortless vitality very much is living from the heart because <laughs> when it comes from a flow from your heart it it can't you can't <laughs> stop it you can't that's <laughs> <laughs> so true <laughs> yeah it's it's a energy uh. that that um, lights up the world so on Instagram you can find me as Sharon underscore Queen of Courage I've made a hundred little two, three-minute videos out there of ways that you can live, be courageous today. And um, I have some Facebook pages, both Effortless Vitality page and a Fresh Courage in Retirement page. I'm soon going to be opening a group called Fresh Courage in Retirement while I take people through a group process of coming up with their essence statement. So uh, my my coaching is expanding, and um, in fact, I'm currently working on interviewing a lot of people for um, 
collecting data on my niche market. And you can email me at Sharon at EffortlessVitality.org. And I would be happy to, it's about 10, 11 questions that I'd be happy to get your input on. Wonderful. I'll have your website on your podcast profile too. Thank you so much again, Sharon. And we'll talk soon. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Sharon Rolfe and her work, please visit effortlessvitality.now.site. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.